It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, as is no secret, has a history of saying things that are a little wacky. So it's it almost I don't even look up when President Trump says something wacky these days. But I thought what he said and the particular manner in which he said it and the timing with which he said it was quite frankly, pretty surprising for somebody as politically astute as Donald Trump is, which I believe that he is. For starters, he actually said that Hezbollah, which a lot of people consider a terrorist group in Lebanon, which just days ago was firing rockets at Israel, was very smart. You know, Hezbollah is very smart. They're all very smart. The press doesn't like when they say it. You know, I said that President Xi of China, 1.4 billion people, he controls it with an iron fist. I said, he's a very smart man. They killed me the next day. I said he was smart. What am I going to say? But Hezbollah, they're very smart. I understand what he's saying there. I get it. I mean, he was very heavily criticized by Ron DeSantis and some of the other candidates. Basically, he's not endorsing Hezbollah or uh, Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong-un. He's saying, you know, these might be bad people, but that doesn't mean they're not intelligent people. That doesn't mean they're not clever strategists. Well, that explanation did not suffice for Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and all the Republican candidates that are beating up President Trump. Here is one of the things that he said, though that I did think was a bit surprising, given what a strong supporter of Israel President Trump has been. You have chaos, bloodshed, war, terror, and death. Look what's happening today. Because the occupant of the White House is a laughingstock. All over the world, America's enemies cannot believe how lucky they got. They got real lucky. Every monster, villain, dictator, and terrorist, and there are plenty of them. I know most of them. I got to know a lot of them. All over the planet, they're having a field day because they know they will never have it better than they do with Crooked Joe, who in many cases receive money from those countries. And unfortunately, with the most corrupt and incompetent president in our history, we're closer to World War III than anyone can understand. There's never been a time where we've been closer. We're inches away, and we have a man that literally can't speak. He can't get off a stage. He went on and bashed Benjamin Netanyahu. He said, I'll never forget that Bibi Netanyahu let us down. And he criticized the prime minister for not participating in a the drone strike that killed General Soleimani in January of 2020. I thought it was interesting given the fact that uh, President Trump has always prided himself on being such a supporter of Israel that he would make those comments. Somebody that's been doing some great reporting on this has been uh, Jacob Kornblue. He's the senior political reporter for The Forward, which is the oldest Jewish publication in America. Jacob, uh, good morning. Thanks for getting up early for us. Good morning. I actually didn't go to sleep yet. Wonderful. Thanks for staying up late. Appreciate it even more. Uh, Jacob, what um, what did you make of President Trump's comments with respect to Israel and how are these comments being received in the pro-Israel community? Well, it was actually surprising given that we are a few days after a horrific attack where over 1,300 Israelis 
uh, were brutally murdered. And so one thing is that you expect from someone who was a, you know, considered one of the greatest friends Israel has had to express some sympathy and solidarity with the Israeli people. So we understand that he has a different way of expressing himself. We understand every leader has another way uh, how they talk. But when it comes to tragedy, people look at a leader, one, for obviously anger, condemning Hamas and anger at what happened, but also sort of some sympathy with what Israelis are are going through. And so there's two parts here. One is that he spoke of the attack as being incredible. And I understand that incredible could go both ways. But the way he described it was, here was an attack on Israel. Israel was not ready. And and therefore, um, you know, something has to happen. And so you have that situation where Israelis are saying, okay, I considered you my best friend, even right. better than Joe Biden, that we were ready, even though Joe Biden, nobody doubts that he's a friend of Israel and he loves Israel. We were looking forward actually to you returning to the White House uh, in 2024 and being our great friend for another four years. And suddenly this is what we are getting for it. And so Israelis are not only, uh, um, you know, uh, surprised at, at, you know, the lack of, of empathy, the lack of support that Trump is giving them, but actually, you know, by disparaging them, it sort of gives them second thoughts of what, who is Trump? Why did he do what he did for us? Until now, maybe it was transactional. Maybe it wasn't um, um, out of genuine love for Israel. Maybe he had something out of that, and therefore he supported us now that he's not the president or now that he doesn't need us because we are uh, considered weak. He threw us under the bus. I mean, look, I I obviously, I'm sure President Trump, policy-wise, would be just Mm -hmm. as supportive of going after Hamas as uh, Joe Biden or or anybody else, if not more so. I I just think, you know, he has a tendency to kind of... um, riff and to speak and uh, sometimes he doesn't necessarily fully think about what he's saying i mean i'm wondering certainly how these reactions or these remarks are going over with benjamin netanyahu's government who historically has been a pretty good friend of president trump both uh, politically and personally has the prime minister or anybody in his government put out a statement uh, actually, um, um, an Israeli uh, cabinet minister reacted to uh, his comments about Hezbollah, not necessarily about the prime minister. But you have to also consider that with Trump, everything goes back to the election in 2020. And when Benjamin Netanyahu um, congratulated Biden ah. for his win, um, that sort so according to you know authors who have written books about the Trump presidency, um, he expressed his frustration with Netanyahu going back to 2017. Uh, If you recall, uh, Trump had that dream of an ultimate deal between Israel and the Palestinians. uh, And Netanyahu didn't necessarily go along with that idea uh, because he's a hawk and also because his government 
the makeup of his government was not necessarily created to deal uh, with uh, concessions for the Palestinians. And for him, it sort of said, wait, why is Bibi not going along with what I consider is, for me, the best deal that I can get? And fast forward to 2020, when Benjamin Netanyahu, who is still the prime minister of Israel, has to congratulate the leader who was just elected. And, and you know, um, Trump said, well, this election was rigged. I'm still president. Why is he doing that to me? And from then, you saw uh, a continuous sort of barrage of attacks here and there, not necessarily in public, obviously. Um, this was the first time he expressed his frustration uh, for Netanyahu in public. And if I have to assess why he did it, uh, I, can, I can see two reasons to it. One is obviously the personal vendetta he has against Netanyahu because he sort of uh, congratulated Biden when uh, right. when Trump wanted first to contest the election. And second, if you look back at the Trump years, Trump has a tendency that when he considers somebody weak, um, they are losers, right? And so he smells weakness from far away. Benjamin Netanyahu is not necessarily a popular leader right now. He wasn't since he created this right-wing government and went along with the judicial overhaul. But a poll that just came out this morning shows support for his party is plummeting from 32 seats to 19 seats. And over 50% want him to resign when this war is over. So when Trump sees that, he says, well, Benjamin Netanyahu, you know, his political career is over. Uh -huh. He is weak. So I'll say some disparaging um, comments about him. I'll attack him. Who cares? Well, that's interesting. That's uh, you really did paint a much fuller picture and gave a lot of context to what we heard, which I would have just thought was Trump being Trump and speaking off the cuff. But it sounds like maybe these remarks were much more strategically uh, considered than uh, than I had envisioned. We're talking with Jacob Cornblue. He's the senior uh, political reporter for The Forward. Now, given what he said, Jacob, obviously a lot of people in Israel uh, you just cited some some numbers yourself, are not all supportive of Benjamin Netanyahu. At best, maybe a little less than half the country is supportive of Netanyahu. Will these remarks about Hezbollah and Israel and Netanyahu, do you think, honestly, they'll hurt Trump at all with pro-Israel voters who had heretofore been Trump supporters? We are all alums of Trump, right? Uh, go back to his campaign launch uh, speech in 2015. Uh, remember the Fifth Avenue uh, comment? Sure. Um, just look at everything that has happened. So He's not, currently under indictment. Right. And, and he still is yeah. the so, front runner yeah. for the Republican nomination. That's why my and, answer is no to that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, emotions are raw right now. Uh, he can still sort of explain, clarify. His spokesperson gave out a statement, and he himself released a statement late in the evening saying, you know, I'm the best friend Israel can ever have, and I'll continue to support Israel. And frankly, if you look at the policies 
of his administration, he made some great moves in support of Israel that will go in the history books. Sure. I mean, especially uh, on the Abraham Accords. And so as, as Republicans uh, consider supporting him in 2024, what they are saying is, forget about, you know, <laughs> now he's on truth social, so he's not tweeting. But in 2018, in 2019, all those who, you know, served in the Trump administration who are considered moderate or, or, or mainstream Republicans said, who cares what he tweets? We, are, we look at the results, at how he governs or at how we implement our policy despite all the noise. And I see the same scenario with evangelicals who overlook many of his vulnerabilities and supported him. And if he becomes the Republican nominee, it's a binary choice. It's going to be a choice between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And we see in the recent polling that it's quite a competitive race. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. It certainly is. I imagine that's going to uh, continue. Jacob, before we continue, and I want to pick your brain on a few other issues. I mentioned you're a political reporter for The Forward. I love The Forward. I read it every day. Whenever I've cited The Forward on the air, though, a lot of folks um, will say, oh, that's an ultra-left-wing publication. Do folks need to guard themselves against you in, in case you slip in surreptitiously some super-left-wing ideological? brainwashing i mean you can just fact check me okay well so uh so but you would you would you say that the forward is left of center i mean the forward was um um created uh, 125 years ago um as a socialist uh newspaper but we cover everything and beyond uh very objectively um, especially when it comes to either uh, news um, on Israel, on the Middle East, uh, nationally, and even locally. Uh, I mean, I have a reputation um, when it comes to politics uh, to cover both sides equally. And so you can always label uh, some organization or some publication um, and, and obviously uh, attack someone uh, when you don't like what they write. But you, all you have to do is, and especially in today's world, is match it uh, with right. a fact. And if it's factual and it's objective, no matter what you uh, have written in the past, you look at what is um, actually being published right now and how people view it what the and you have to also consider that when it comes to jewish related issues in america um a majority of american jews uh identify uh you know with the liberal um 
mm-hmm. on, you know, especially, uh, you know, when it comes to politics, they identify with the Democratic Party uh, and are progressive uh, and liberal and social issues. And so that's just the makeup of the American Jewish community, in, in, you know, um, for the past few decades. Today, a lot of people are concerned about the Hamas Day of Rage that they've called for in New York. The NYPD is having every police officer come in in uniform, and uh, a lot of businesses are closing or encouraging people to work from home. A lot of schools are having uh, in in you know classes from home. How concerned are you about this uh, day of rage, both in the United States and around the world? The mayor um, and the governor, I think, held a a joint uh, briefing yesterday. uh, And the NYPD officials actually reassured, um, you know, uh, Jewish community leaders and organizations that they are out there full force uh, on the ground uh, protecting uh, uh, synagogues and Jewish institutions, uh, according to them, there are no current uh, threats about any attacks. And it's my hope that it doesn't escalate. Uh, my concern is once things go, things go out of hand, once uh, one person decides to take action uh, because they're angry, okay? And again, uh, emotions run raw. Uh, if the you know, the casualty uh, toll uh, of uh, Palestinians in Gaza is actually rising by every minute. Uh, and it doesn't look like Israel is slowing down uh, its offensive in Gaza. In fact, uh, they are preparing an imminent uh, ground uh, invasion uh, of Gaza. So you will uh, see, you know, angry protesters uh, across uh, the city um, in the coming weeks. Uh, the question is, you know, does, uh, 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 you know, security measures uh, and police presence deter someone from taking action? Um, and if, God forbid, there is an attack, um, are they mobilized to actually respond to that attack? Um, given the history of the NYPD, uh, we should be rest assured that they are uh, capable of handling both the threats and the response. So it doesn't sound like you're going to be deterred from going about your day as usual today? No, I mean, I take the subway every day, Mm -hmm. um, even when we had uh, headlines every day in the tabloids, especially about the subway being just uh, uh, a hub uh, for terror, um, you know, gun gun, uh, violence. Um, And I still continue to take the subway. Uh, In the past few years, uh, as you may know, uh, there's been a rise in anti-Semitic and violent and anti-Semitic attacks against uh, Jews. I'm an observant Jew, visible Jew. uh, And despite that, I'm not deterred to uh, go, uh, uh, you know, every day, ride the subway, um, walk around the city and, you know, go along with my business, regular business. And I don't think anybody here in New York City, we're a free country. Mm-hmm. Um, we have lived, uh, um, you know, uh, in harmony with many of our neighbors who are different uh, ethnicities or different faith. And, you know, um, there's no reason why we should be afraid of walking on the streets in New York City. 
The um, one of the debates that has emerged in the last couple of days has been this idea of doxing these pro-Palestinian protesters. Not a lot of attention has been paid to the law schools, uh, getting the identities of these pro-Palestinian protesters out there to law firms. Wall Street says uh, they're looking at uh, who these people are that are participating in these demonstrations and putting these letters out there. What do you make of that tactic, Jacob? Do you think it's a good idea to sort of out the folks that are participating in these demonstrations in support of the Palestinians? Listen, I mean, as long as they're expressing their right um, um, of uh, freedom of expression and not, uh, you know, uh, spouting any anti-Semitic or, or hatred uh or even, you know, uh, you know, turning to violence. Uh, I don't think it's um, up to us to to silence them. Uh, but at the same time, we should also have the right uh, to express solidarity uh, with the Jewish people and with any people who are suffering. Uh, I don't think uh, tactics that deter anyone, if it's terror or doxing or anything is helpful uh, for the health of our society. Uh, But nonetheless, again, um, this is a trying time. Uh, This is a time of where uh, we are seeing the conflict, the Israeli-Arab, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, uh, you know, um, on display here in New York City. And we have to try our best to just make sure that we are peaceful, and we do not resort to violence. And uh, lastly, uh, Jacob, and I appreciate the time this morning, we have heard a lot of concern, understandably, from a lot of different quarters about the innocent Palestinians that have, um, you know, that, that are victims of Israeli bombs or might be become victims of uh, getting uh, food and energy and fuel cut off from them. One of the things that I've heard from a few people is that, well, look, uh, these Palestinian citizens voted for Hamas the last time that there were elections in 2007. And that's not necessarily something that's reflected in a lot of the narratives that I've seen in the uh, in the news. Do you find the the innocent Palestinian or the innocent person living in Gaza is at all less sympathetic because they voted for Hamas to be the majority in their government? I don't think uh, that we should look at it uh, that way. Uh, Definitely, you do not punish anyone uh, by taking their lives for voting in some uh, Mm -hmm. regime uh, that is hostile to you. I do believe uh, that, you know, you can support Israel's right to defend itself and still have sympathy and you know, advocate for the dignity and independence of the Palestinian people. But at the same time, um, you do not punish anyone, whether they are a citizen of Israel for being Jewish and living in their homeland, uh, and for that matter, for being Palestinian and living in what you consider as your homeland, um, and you want to go on uh, with your life and freedom. But I do believe that you also have to distinguish between Israel's itself and a terror group whose purpose is 
to kill and murder civilians, to target civilians by raining rockets on them on a daily basis, by sending in uh, um, fighters to brutally uh, murder them and put their houses on fire while they are hiding. And so there's a big difference between a regime uh, that is targeting another people and a country who America and the entire world is saying they have the right to mm-hmm. defend themselves. But we, uh, we, you do not have to give up on your principles of advocating uh, for human rights on either side while also fighting terror and, and, and you know, defending sure. yourself. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to have to end it there. Thank you so much for the time this morning. I hope we could chat again soon. My pleasure. Uh, Jacob Kornblue, uh, from senior political reporter from The Forward, America's oldest Jewish publication. Comments, questions, thoughts, 800-848-9222. I'd love to hear from you. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.